Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DOC, the Diggy Diggy motherfucking doc. Yo, 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 what's up? This is your boy, Z, man. What up, dog? This is E-Shot. This is Jerry Heller, motherfucker. This your boy, DJ Paul K.O.L. from 360 Young Busy Bone. Vice World. This your man, Matt Smine, the hell raise up. Yo, this is DJ Ready Red. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross, and you're listening to me on the Murder Master Music Show. Right there, 
when when do your roots really kick in? Um, you know what I'm saying? Like when did you say, Man, I wanna start putting out music myself, I wanna make tapes? Man, I ain't gonna lie, it really started Man, let me see when I when I was like man, I really wanna put some music out and for real. I had to say toward the end of my I say around my eleventh in eleventh grade, I kinda of, was really like, man, I really love to put some music out. So around 11th grade. Yeah. And and the amazing thing about that is, you know, um, the whole city was just uh, at that time, you know, finding its own, coming into, uh, you know, uh, the hip-hop scene. And, uh, man, you, the, the tape market was just, it was like everybody was putting out tapes back then. What was it like? You was well, you moving know, them out the trunk, taking them to stores? That must have been yeah, fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, to, to be honest with you, you know, um, in them early, early Pioneer days, um, let me think, let me think, in the early Pioneer days, this is actually before mixtapes was, had fully popped off. It was the only person that was really doing mixtapes well, it was a couple of people. It was DJ Spanish Fly and yep. DJ Sunny D. Uh, they were some of the early people that was doing mixtapes. Spanish Fly was really the first one, you know, uh, rapping over beats that, uh, you know, that you can gangster walk off of. And, uh, you know, he was the first DJ that was actually rapping too. And uh, so so I'm just saying that they, they were the only ones really doing mixtapes then. And regular DJ, I'm not gonna make it seem like they were the only DJs, but if you was a DJ, that's what you did: mixtapes. And the mixtapes was really mixtapes, like now you know you mix a whole bunch of popular records together. Yeah, um, but Spanish Fly was one of the first ones to break out and start actually rapping on his own beats with the mixtapes. So, but for the rappers, uh, uh, we were actually trying to put real tapes out in the very, very beginning with our album cover on it and. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we were doing that first, and then uh, a second wave of mixtapes start coming out, and that's when uh, you know DJ Squeaky and, and uh, you know DJ BK, DJ Sound, uh, 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 DJ Paul, Juicy J. It was it, it was still the DJs that was really kind of putting the mixtapes out in the. Um, on their second wave of mix, and then eventually the artists started kind of going, started realizing, man, you know what I'm saying? We put our own mixtapes out with our, with our own songs. Yeah, There's a lot of uh, a lot of talent you just mentioned too, Squeaky, and um, another thing you always did too, like uh, Memphis Underground Hustlers, you would try to showcase the talent. You would always try to. Uh, you weren't one of those guys. It was all just about Al Capone. You always made sure to showcase others as well. How important was that to you, Al? Man, I'm telling you, that, that's that's uh, real what you said. Because in those days, when I did the Memphis Underground Hustlers uh, compilation, the mixtape scene was pretty big, and it uh, in the process of that happening, a lot of people then it started the the time when people didn't really work together. You know, if you want in Whatever that click was and that mixtape, those you only work with those people within your circle. And uh, Memphis Underground Hustlers was my attempt to get people from different cliques to all unite 
under the umbrella of Memphis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I said, man, let's, you know, we all doing Memphis music, but everybody is separated. Let's kind of do this. Let's try to do this unified. So that was my attempt at uh, Memphis. And that was, uh, at the time, that was kind of one of the first times you, uh, it was a, a release that had people from different cliques together. And and the, the, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, it's a couple of people who wouldn't get on that compilation because they felt like, you know, one of their rivals or something was on the compilation. So they were like, man, I would rock with you if you take them off. You know what I'm saying? I was like, ah, oh, man, come on, man. This ain't what this yeah. is about. So, you know, so it was a few people that didn't, that's not on there for that reason. Yeah, that's a shame. That's always a shame. You know, but... Um, it was know, an attempt, though. It was an attempt. It. It was a, a hell of a project, man. If you want that right now, you got to pay about three hundred bucks for it. You know, if you could find it. Yeah, yeah. You, you can find it. I mean, I got I got the original uh, master, so I can probably re-release. You know, what I'm saying uh-huh. um, some some reprinted copies, but the original copies. Anybody got an original tape? Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna hit you for them. Yeah, yeah, that's real talk, man. Um, now Memphis, you know, when it was coming into its own sound, um, you know, the the city took on like a um a darker sound and you really embody that with songs like, you know, Lyrical Drive By and um <clears throat> what do you think made Memphis go in that direction? Almost like um kinda like what Gangsta Nip was doing but but different. You know? You had your own um, sound. A keyboard. Key, I would say the yeah. keyboards, man. Uh, you know, when we were uh, uh, making music in the early days, you had producers like uh, Psycho, uh, uh, Tyrone yeah. Bill. Uh, you had Gangsta Pat. He was producing as well, but I think uh, and, and and quite a few others. But I would say, like, those uh, guys specifically, you had SMK, too, but he was a – he was – he was super dope on the SB twelve hundred, so he did. He brought a different element for as the beat game. But back to that dark sound, uh, guys like Psycho and and uh, Gangsta Pat and some some of the earlier producers, they were we did a lot. They did a lot of stuff on the keyboards, and for some reason, you know those string sounds and. Those dark ass synth sounds and stuff. It just, it just, I guess it just, it grabbed the attention. And every time we heard songs when they made those type of songs, we wanted to rap on those, those type of songs. So uh, it kind of, I don't know, it just became infectious. I guess uh, before you know it, everybody want to rap on those type of, you know, dark synths and dark scary sounds, but. If I had to credit somebody, I would definitely credit Psycho and Gangsta Pat for being some of the early guys playing those. Lil Pat, too, but, but definitely Psycho. Uh, you know, he played a huge part of just playing those real dark synth, synth sounds on those keyboards. There was something about those keyboards and those sounds, and it spread it from there. Next thing you know, it just kind of went in that direction. I always embraced it. Um because it just it it put me in a place where I was I don't know I just I, I 
I'm trying to explain it, but I really can't explain. I just liked it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just something about it. It just attracted me, those dark ass sounds. And before I know it, it just, I would go into a place that I wouldn't normally go. You know, and and and, and I will. It, it'll make me write in a way that I would normally wouldn't write, and you know, it just attracted me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and the sound spread. Uh, you know, you hear it to this day. You know, uh, Memphis is um, one of those spots that's heavily. Uh, well, let's just be honest. People bite the shit out of Memphis, which is, um, I guess, w- would you consider it a good thing, a bad thing, or both? Maybe a good the, thing if you get credit. Yeah, I, I was exactly what I was going to say. If we getting credit for it, then it's a good thing. In a lot of ways, we starting to get way more credit um, because, you know, the new generation is has taken things to a whole nother level, and the new generation yeah. has Memphis shining so bright that, uh, you know, it, it's forcing people to kind of look at, you know, dig a little deeper for for people that want to dig a little little deeper. Now they having to dig a little deeper, and as they dig deeper, they're like, oh, whoa, this was this goes back, and it goes down a rabbit hole way deeper than this surface surface that we thought. So, so yeah, if we get credit, is a good thing because you know it get us, it it lets people know that it was it was our ways here, and it's something that you know it. Like you said, Gangsta Nip did his thing. Uh, you had um, 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 Season of the Sick Sickness. Uh, 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 what's my guy? Uh, what's my guy? Brother Lynch, you know what I'm saying? Brother Lynch, you know what I'm saying? You had you had people like him in in his Sean. area. Uh, yeah, yeah, Eshawn. No, you had those pockets out here, but we had our own vibe and style and sound the way we did it and we when we were doing it you know and, and you you got to talk you got to think about it this with us it goes back to the late 80s early 90s that's how far back it goes so if any of those guys was doing it then then we just so happen to be kind of doing it around the same time but you know uh we just did it in that memphis way it's a memphis way that that doesn't, it, it, you know, is is no other way than that Memphis way. It's it's it's, it's very unique. And I only say it's a uniquely Memphis vibe and sound that, you know, that we literally created. You know, and um, if we get credit for it, it's a beautiful thing. If we don't get credit for it, it's it's, it's not cool at all because it's like you know people will run with something that they was influenced by, and they. Instead of giving credit, they want all they want to they want to get the accolades from it because a lot of people don't do their research. So if they get the shine from it, they want people think to to think it came from them, and that's when it's not cool. You know what I'm saying? Get a credit to you know if we influenced if we were influencers, give us the credit. You know, even if you don't know exactly who we uh, a lot of us are, you got to still say Memphis. Give it, give a, give the Memphis people say, man, this is that Memphis sound, man, and, and um, you know what I'm saying this is the sound that influenced me, and that's why I do my sound. Even if you don't know us personally by name, you got to give the Memphis, uh, you know, what I'm saying, give us our stamp as a as, as a Memphis hip hop culture. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, man. Um, 
Another thing, you know, uh, many people know you for, of course, Hustle and Flow, uh, American Music Award, real whoop that trick. Um, That's a song that was already huge. And uh, years later, you were able to revitalize it again. And it's become the anthem for the Memphis Grizzlies, man. That's insane. Talk about that a little it's bit, bro. It's insane, dude. On everything, man. First and foremost, man, hey, a lot of folks still, you know, you might have people that's checking this out. They still don't even know that I wrote and produced that song. You know what I'm saying? And and I didn't even write a producer for the movie. I wrote a producer for myself. But, the, you know, I end up, um, you know what I'm saying, they, the, uh, uh, John Singleton and Craig Brewer heard the song and wanted me to uh, write it for the character in the movie. So that's how I end up being in the movie, Hustle and Flow. Uh, but years later, for it to end up being this tent at the Grizzlies games, it's something I could have never saw. Uh, uh, I could have never saw. You know, I couldn't. There's no way I would have saw that happening. And not only the Grizzlies, uh, it's actually spreading to the other sports teams as well. So it's become the real Memphis anthem chant in in, in a lot of different uh, sports arenas right now. That's amazing. That's amazing. You know, uh, I, I I remember uh, the Warriors. You're in a, a green and, and Curry's face. You know, look that trick. <laughs> and after the game, they did, I think the reporter asked Curry, you know, well, what are you guys going to do, you know, about this situation? And he's like, I guess we're going to have to whoop that trick. What was it like having mm-hmm. the greatest fucking shooter, um, three-point shooter of all time, Quote your music. My two 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 feelings. First feeling was uh, a feeling of this is amazing, man. Like you said, Steph yeah. Curry just said whoop that trick. A, a song that I wrote and penned that became this thing, and Steph Curry just actually, you know, saying spoke it out of his mouth. Is yeah, like you said, he's one of the one of the greatest. So the first I was like, uh, I was flattered. I was 100% flattered. I was, you know what I'm saying, in awe, like, holy, man, what the hell is going on? That was my first thought. My second thought was, whoa, whoa, whoa. But he's talking about doing it to us. No. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> so my second thought was like, no, man, hell no. So um, um, when they got to Memphis, I knew I was going to end up doing the, you know, performing it later on that night and my mindset was already was like man i'm gonna say something on the mic because man it's no man, how dare you say it was, I mean, like i said it's mixed emotions damn he said oh that's it's, it's cool as hell Steph, Steph curry said this then it's like no but he said it against us no you can't say this against us you know what i'm saying so it, it's, it's like taking somebody belt and try to whoop them with they belt you know <laughs> so my thought was when uh, I was going to say something on the mic uh, when I was doing Whoop That Trick, but I just so happened to, as I was going around the court, t- uh, getting the whole arena stupid lit, I just so happened to see him as I was going around the court. I did not expect that to happen at all. But when I saw him, I knew I I, I could not not get go. I, I just went straight to him. And starts trying to whoop that trick in his face. I'm like, I gotta make you eat those words right now. Well, you know, Draymond Green, he jumped into it. He was smiling, so you know, it was all, you know, it was friendly. You know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't 
uh, I don't know, you know, drama. It was yeah. it was out, it was friendly competition, and it, you know, it was a, a huge moment in uh, in basketball, and it was definitely a huge moment for me. So, uh, yeah, hey man, that was it's memorable, very memorable. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was amazing. Of course, you guys didn't get the results you wanted, but you know, this year uh, things might be different. You know. Let's see what happens. Hey, you know we coming and gunning. We coming for them. We coming. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Uh, Grizzlies have really grown into their own, man. And it's dope to see you there at the games uh, doing your thing, man, because uh, you have, you've always embodied the city of Memphis. And like I said before, with the artists, it's the same with the city. You've always put the city, so to speak, on your back and represented it to the fullest. So uh, it's good to see you uh, getting that role with the uh, Grizzlies, man. You deserve that. Real talk. Hey, I I, I appreciate it uh, because I, I'm gonna be real. You know, as much as I rep Memphis all my my whole career, it was definitely times when Memphis did not rep me back. So you know, but this this is not that time now. And I get so much love in the city um, that you know from from all walks of life. That's the that's the even crazier part, cause you know from every walk of life, man, I'm in in, in real life, they 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 rock with me because they know I I, I rep Memphis uh, um, as a whole. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's beautiful beautiful to feel that type of love from from the city uh, in the way that I've been able to do it. And you you talked about somebody like myself who's a real OG. From the early nineties, and here we are in two thousand twenty two going to two thousand and twenty three to be getting this type of love is is an honor is a blessing I'm thankful and I'm gonna keep on repping that m town man I'm gonna keep on putting them m's in the air I'm gonna keep on whooping that trick get in man that's what I'm talking about. We're gonna play this uh whoop that trick two point oh and again, I want you guys to get the e p Six bangers. Don't go nowhere. We're going to come back. Uh, I know Sin from France has a few questions for Al. So, uh, man, don't go nowhere.
and not open no bag and I hope it's working them out. We, we, go, we gon' keep it gritty. Then we do the gritty. Hills to the sky. Rep that Memphis City. Rep that Memphis Grizzly. I'm talking do it big. Whoever wanted the most, walking away with the wind. That was, uh, what, 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 uh, what was, 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 uh, what
Man, you got to go back. You got to go back to the. <laughs> right. Man, you know what? I think no, the Monteras, that was that was like 88, man. You hear me? That was like yeah. 88, my guy. Right. Uh, yeah, because well, the, 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 yeah. the answer To answer your question, though, uh, you know what I'm saying? And, and I, was a, I was a teenager, so, you know, um, that was around the time, you know, when the crack era was at at its at, was uh, you know at a at a peak, so you know it was all about you know either it was about selling dope you know what I'm saying uh, it was about uh, hip hop and you know being in the hood you know the Vatiers is one of those uh, times I could I, I I actually cherish because it was in my uh, my my mid. And to late teenage years, so I was able to what they call jump off the porch. I jumped off the porch a little bit, and you know, got in that, you know, you know, actually got got my uh, uh, got my hands dirty, basically. You know, saying, but at the same time, I was still loving hip hop. So it was a mixture of you know, getting out there, uh, you know, seeing what what it was like to you know do some of the street life stuff. Uh, and you know, live it a little bit, and you know, see what it was all about. And but then at the same time, it was Lamar Terrace was like a tribe, so it was it was it was like a love. It was love, you know what I'm saying? The, your projects, you got you had love in your project, so uh, it was it was a tribe of love at uh, at the same time. We had a lot of fun as teenagers there. Uh, you know, it, I ain't got I got a, actually a lot of great memories in Lamar Terrace. Few. Uh, bad memories, but for the most part, I got I got great memories in Lamartiers. I'm gonna tell you something that DJ Squeaky told me, and this before I was uh, uh, known who I was. It was supposed to be DJ Squeaky was known for who he is, and before another guy by the name of Eight Ball was known, this back in Lamartiers days, Squeaky said we was having a talent show, and I remember what he's talking about. We had a talent show in Lamartiers. And I was DJing and rapping at the same time, so I brought I brought all my little DJ equipment there um, to you know to put the talent show on. But anyway, to make a long story short, Squeaky said he a uh, ball battled me at the uh, at that talent show in Lamar Terry. So that was that was that's another historic memory that I I had being in Lamar Terry. Me and a ball actually battled in a talent show. Before we even had names, that's how much we loved hip hop back then. And Squeaky and A Ball, the one came to to bat to battle me. Wow! Yeah. How did wait? How did the battle go, Al? How did the uh, like uh, who won that battle? I won. <laughs> I had I had home turf advantage. I won. Yeah. That was Squeaky said, "Yeah, you won." So y'all, you, you had, <laughs> I had home turf advantage, man. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought wow. I'm Judge at the time, but we're called DOA, right? It was their first Who name. Said it again. Uh, DO, it was the first name of Abraham Judge G, uh, DOA. DOA, DOA, but no, no, but you know what? I'm, I'm telling you, that was before <laughs> Paladin. We talking about, um, man, we talking. About, it was probably a little before DOA, but you're right. They end up being DOA. They did end up being yeah. DOA at, at some point, but I, I don't even think we had them names at that time. We just 
We deal with some teenagers that love hip hop. Yeah. And 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 before Man of the Hour you was uh, in a group who called Jam Incorporator. It was uh, during your junior high days at Bellevue. And yep, it was managed yep, by yep. Lino Wright, who was a former drummer Man. of Rick Jam. Can you tell us about this one? <laughs> Man, you know you know what you're talking about. <laughs> Hey right. man, that man went back for real, for real. Yeah, Lino Rez, man, he was, uh, he was the drummer for Rick James. Right. And um, uh, I don't know what ended up happening, but he ended up moving to Memphis. Um, his wife, he ended up getting married to a, a, a woman from Memphis, and he moved to Memphis. So he had a different band, and I never forget some of the stuff that he. One thing in particular that he told me, and that probably is the reason why to this day I'm able to perform the way I'm able to perform and get the crowd going the way I get the crowd going. It goes all the way back to when Lino Reyes told me. He said, man, when you on that stage, you remember you're in control, and they do whatever you, you know what I'm saying, but he, they do whatever you uh, uh, you controlling the, the crowd, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, but he said he didn't just say it like that. He said it so aggressive. It's almost like he put the power in me the way he said it. And from that point on, I knew whenever I go on stage or wherever, wherever I perform, I gotta perform as like um, like I got the power and I'm in control and 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 I gotta make the crowd move with me. I ain't, I don't wait on the crowd to move for you to move. You got to make the crowd move with you. But he said it with so much power, man. I promise you, it's like he put it. He put that power in me, and it never left. Right, man. And also, you you made your first ever runs. It was in the hood with your friends as a kid. You you performed at Michael Jackson trailer, and you you was helped by the dancer A G by the day. Your first ever <laughs> run, so you tell us about it. <laughs> oh my God, man. <laughs> you didn't go back to my, my Michael Jackson days, did you? Right, right. <laughs> man, yep, hey, he, hey, hey, he ain't lying. Uh, uh, this, this, you going back to my uh, elementary days. In elementary. Right. <laughs> I, I used to, hey, I used to, because uh, I had the curl. <laughs> and. And uh, one of the guys in the neighborhood was in this popular dance group. Dance groups was huge back when I was in the elementary. And one of the guys was in this popular dance group and in in a neighborhood. And he, I remember at the time when my, the Thriller video came out, and everybody used to go, whoever had cable, everybody in the neighborhood didn't have cable. So whoever had cable, everybody went over their house to watch you know, anything Michael Jackson put out. But Thriller came out. So, you know, once that came out, you know, uh, he taught us, the, the few people in, uh, the, in the neighborhood that was my age, he taught us all the dance moves to that Thriller dance. So, you know, once I learned it, and me and my guys, we used to perform Thriller uh, in the neighborhood and had everybody out there watching us do Thriller. But we did it to a T because he taught us to a T. And I was the I was Michael Jackson, 
because I, I was the dog. I was the dog. I look like Michael Jackson back then. I ain't gonna lie. The 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 young Michael Jackson. Uh, that's I used to look like Michael Jackson. Then I had a curly and everything. So I used to be Michael Jackson in the in the uh and perform in front of in in the neighborhood back when I was in elementary. You show like you went back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah Sim, Sim way back. <laughs> Also, you you did a song with uh, for the Juice Bone Radio Jam in '92 with Abel and Jaji, and it's opening also the um, the compilation by the Bullet. Can I tell us about this one? And we know that Juice Bone was a king at, at Spanish Fly on a club expo, club no name at the time. So it was credit for you, I think, to get on. Man, this man, hey man, hey man, you be pulling about the bag too, man. Hey, that, you hit yeah. me with the, oh, this. These are the <laughs> again. I got you. You trip. You you blowing my mind with your questions. But yes, DJ just born. <laughs> DJ just born put out this uh, compilation called Bite the Bullet. Now DJ just born right. uh, was in this group called Second Level, and that group Second Level was the the rapper yeah, everyone knows by the name of Tila. So, uh, yes, yes. so yeah, uh, Jess Vaughn goes back to those days. But anyway, he did, um, after the group broke up, uh, he ended up, you know, just doing deep, being a DJ, a popular DJ um, on the radio and in the club. So, yeah, he did this compilation called Bite the Bullet. And he has this song, uh, a theme song on that compilation featuring uh, myself, A-Ball and MJG, and actually Cody Mack, who was the other guy that was in um in second level. Right. So, yeah, man, you, right. you, you damn they're going to make me go pull the song up, man. Damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just had Just Born on a couple weeks ago, and yeah. uh, he was telling just, us about it. Uh, when damn. I was in Memphis, I, I saw I saw Just Born and Spice Spice was crazy. And everyone uh before before I was, I know there was a bomb and walk with Bonnie Woods, so you know you know that thing. It was not gangster walk; it was bomb and walk at the time. <laughs> so you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, 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 you got some history, my guy. You know some history. <laughs> with the Razor J, John Discahound, uh all the the Twenty One Century Club. It was such crazy days at the time. Man, come on, my guy. You man, you just holler disco hell, man. Ain't too many people don't yeah. buy don't don't go. Hey, shout out to D, uh, uh, my guy, man. We still talk to this day, John Disco Hell, man. Uh, yeah, he definitely was uh, one of the guys on the scene along with Rated J and Spanish Fly back in the club, no name club Expo days. Uh, yeah, me and me and right. John Disco Hell is we still rock to this day. Matter of fact, Rated J is on that uh, new. EP did I just right and so the G rest in peace too. It was a G too at time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, uh, also, when when you was with um at uh, OTS, so OTS days with original Bailon, you was with a group man of the hour, and uh, you came with Psycho Taron Bell because uh, Reginald won him for produce uh, beats for 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 OTS so. How it was to to be in OTS at the time? 
you know you again, man. You know what you're talking about. So yeah, um, you hit it right on the head. Uh, uh, Resident Boylan was uh, yeah, on it. I think at the time, Gangsta Pat was starting not to be at OTS as much. And um, at some point, I think Resident Boylan pulled Tyrone Bell, Psycho, in to be the in-house producer. And since I was yeah. already in the group with him, that's how I ended up being at OTS because we, you know, we were already in the group together. So we got, you know, we got pulled in with him. And uh, man, I remember those days. Those were some great days. That was probably the the when I first experienced in the most unified the Memphis hip hop scene in the most unified way. Um, between Twenty First Century Youth Club, that was another spot that we went to, and OTS. I would say the Memphis rap scene was the most unified because you know we all who the who's who of Memphis rap came right. to those places and uh, to record and hang out and we'll hear each other music and, um, you know, saying, and get inspired by each other. Like we were, we were fans of hip hop and we were fans of each other. So if one person made a song, just say if, it was, if A-Ball made a song, we'd hear it and be like, damn, A-Ball came hard on it. You know what I'm saying? And then it made me say, man, I got to go on there and make me more harder than eight balls. Uh, ball came hard. So, you know what I'm saying? I go in there try and, and make me a song. And uh, Tila be like, damn, mine is more. I got to go make me one. You know, it was like friendly competition. It was like iron, iron sharpening iron. Uh, and, and it wasn't no, uh, you know, it just wasn't no hate uh, or jealousy. It was it was it was a lot of camaraderie, and it, uh, uh, again, it was friendly competition, and and I think that really because uh, uh, from that from OTS you you, you got uh, a ball and MJD, you got an Al Capone, you got a Tila, you know what I'm saying? You got uh, uh, so many, you know what I'm saying? A DJ Zerk was around at that time, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Tom Skeet. Yeah, Tom Ski was coming around. Radical T. Uh, yeah, right. Man, so T. many. It was so many. So many of those early guys came from that. Yeah. It was a good time, yeah. And of course, gangsta, of course again, Gangsta Pat was there. Again, whenever, I'm going to tell you something. When Gangsta Pat came to the studio, and he didn't come there that, um, that much because he, he had already blow, blowed up. So he was on a different level. We were trying to, we were trying to get on his level. He was already on that level. So when when he didn't come to the studio that much when we all were there, but he did come sometimes. And when he came, man, it was like looking at man, you know what I'm saying? Looking at the pinnacle, like man, that's man, that's gangster Pat. You know what I'm saying? It was like wow, that's gangster Pat. And it just just seeing him, it was inspiring. It was like man, that's you know, him and the whole Legion of Doom, it was like, it was inspiring, like, man, we can, he represented what, what we could do, because he was, he, he had yeah. already blew up on that level, we, it was, it, we, it, to see him and know he was from Memphis, he was our age, it was like, man, he, he just, he represented all possibilities. 
even Paul and Lord of Amos was there, but they were very young at the time. In your sense. Yeah. 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 We were teenagers. We were teenagers. Yes, right. Yeah. You, you are you did a song who never really released. It was a devil maybe do it. <laughs> maybe it's a first devil shit song, but <laughs> never never happened. <laughs> Can I tell us about uh, this one? <laughs> hold on, dude. Whoa. Whoa, bro. Hold on, hold on, hold on. How do you know that? <laughs> you, you're telling me that you're the dead. French connection, man. He knows everything. I must, I must, I, I must, one of us must spoke on this on, uh, question again. I want to make sure I hear what you said again. Oh, it was a song you you never released because, um, in fact, you wrote the, the song, but your mother see it and, and burn it. <laughs> That's his life. Man, man. I, yeah, yeah, you heard, I, I, I spoke on that somewhere, and uh, <laughs> uh, but you're right. Hey, dude, on everything, Psycho, again, we're making those dark tent sound, songs, and um, he was like, man, we let's make this song about the devil made me do it. So when I, uh, I'm listening to the beat, it's so dark and sinister, so, you know, I went into writing a song about doing stuff that I know I'm supposed to be doing, but I was like, I was influenced, I was under the influence of the devil, basically. And the devil made, you know what I'm saying, it was about the devil, made, and I was going dark with it, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah, uh, I never got a chance to record that because my, uh, when I guess I was going to school or something, I guess my mama found the lyrics. And yeah, she she got rid of that. <laughs> I never got a chance to record the song, but uh, uh, me and Psycho end up doing this other song called uh, Split Personality. So we didn't get we yeah. didn't get a chance to record The Devil Made Me Do It, but we got a chance to record Split Personality. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. You shit. got more, brother Sin? I know you got a couple more. Man, that dude does some oh. tears over there. <laughs> I, I think I'm dumb. <laughs> but he's cool. He's cool. Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. know my name, Sinister. It's dedication to your album, Sinister Funk. Oh, Come yeah. on, are you serious? Yeah, DJ yeah, Lord yeah. Sinister. I never knew that. Wow, that's dope, Sin. Wow. It, it's dedication for Sinister Funk. Right. Wow, <laughs> man. That's hey, man. That's an honor to even know that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's crazy, dude. And yeah, I'm gonna tell you something about this. That album, Tennessee Funk, man. It's that, it's that album was well done, it's, and it still sounds quality wise. It still sounds yeah. like so good to be recorded that long ago. And I still got people to this day that come to me and talk to me about that particular album. That album in the resurrection. Yeah, yeah, resurrection. That was a uh, that was my introduction to you because I didn't I didn't really hear uh, you early on being up north, um, and when I heard it, I was just blown away. I thought, man, this is really some evil dark shit. <laughs> but you were uh, a very very dope lyricist, you know, rapping right. over these sinister uh, beats. 
like, I was blown away by that. I, I heard that before, I think I heard before Mystic Styles, to be honest with you. Then I heard, like, yeah, I think yeah. uh, Indo G, the, the same time I got that, I got Indo G and uh, Little Blunt up in smoke. Um, so I was like, wow, these are two different Memphis acts, but they sound different. You know what I'm saying? They had a yeah. different style than you. And you, you were the first to be reviewed in Murder Dog, too. To do what again? To to be a uh, reviewed in Murder Dog, you was the first yep. one in Memphis. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. But he thought he he gave gave you the the way for Murder Dog at time. Well, he thought it. Uh, <clears throat> uh, well, no, he thought it, and he didn't hook me up with Murder Dog. Murder Dog. Yeah. I was already right. the. Uh, but he he discovered he found out about me through Murder Dog, and oh, um, yeah. and yeah, yeah, that's how he found out about me. And he was him and uh, E Forty and Be Legit. They were doing this compilation mm-hmm. called South Southwest Riders, and you know, he, of course, you know, we talking about E Forty and Be Legit. They had access to, you know, what I'm saying all the the the, the, the big artists. But he and he and he and they were on that compilation, but they wanted to show love to the up and coming up and coming independent artists. So E Forty actually called me himself and you know, right. uh, reached out to me about putting a song on that compilation, man. So that, but it was all uh, coming from you know being in the Murder Dog magazine. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. I know when I touched down there. You was already doing reviews, and uh, so was King JC. By the way, uh, very dope record with you, King JC, and DJ Trick. Um, uh, yes, sir. Country did talk. Did a video and everything. Yeah, Country Talk. Uh, what was it like? Um, West you know End, man. Hold on. Uh, let music let me, with West Hold on. Hold on. Let me give them their proper, proper love, man. There's, there's the country rap duo out of Memphis by the name of West Ten. Big shout out to my homie JC, and big shout out to Paul Paul Fresh. Well, we you know we know him, we know him by DJ Trick, but you know he goes by Paul Paul Fresh. Oh no, you know that's his signature. You know, so big shout out to them, man. Hey, uh, DJ Trick always had heat, you know, as a producer, uh, and he's a dope DJ as well. So, uh, you know, when they when they start doing the country rap group. And I heard it. I was like, man, hey, y'all, I, I knew they had something. And, you know, I let them know if they ever needed me on something to let me know. And once he sent me that beat, I immediately laced it. And then they put their paws down. And, you know, before we know it, we had a song. Uh, and, it, again, it's their song. It's West 10. And I'm just featured on it. And, you know, we dropped the video. And it did real good for them. Good to see them back, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like you said, they got the new group, West 10. Um, they both kind of, you know, uh, disappear for a minute, and they were always super talented, you know. Um, so it's good to see them back doing it again. We had them on the show yeah, here, too. Yeah, man. Very, yeah. uh, they, very they, talented. They look like they're having fun. They're having fun. And that's what it's all about, man, uh, when it comes to being an artist and a musician and whatever the case may be. Of course, you know you want to, uh, you know, make money and you know you want your business and stuff to be good. But uh, overall, what really keeps you in the game and um, you know recording and 
writing and producing, you got to feel like you're having fun with it. Because that's what made us do it as teenagers. We didn't know we were going to make money out of it. We did it because we loved it. It was fun. We enjoyed it. We were fans. We just wanted to, you know, express ourselves through art that we had been influenced by. So it was fun. And once you lose that, it does make you, uh, uh, you know, you kind of disappear from it. Because if you ain't having fun no more, it's like, why are you doing it? But it looked like they having fun again, so I'm glad to see them doing their thing. They're doing a great job, and you know, I, I feel like they're going to do some things on the country rap side of the game that uh, that we have yet to see. To see. <laughs> I, hey, I've been drinking a little bit, so but, but uh, they're going to do some things that we have yet to see. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Sin, uh, you you uh, you all good, brother? You got any more? Uh yeah, I'm good. Everybody <laughs> probably got a million right, in the month. All right. Everybody probably got so much in the, in the bag. <laughs> yeah, he came. He, he really came with it, man. I I didn't know he was gonna go back that far at him. So everybody probably hey, back. Yeah. Hey, I hey, I can hear him saying, yeah. "Didn't didn't your mom do everybody's curl and um uh, um." Uh, in the My Tears Project, was she the, was she? <laughs> that, that, it just sound like he'll ask a question like that and be right as hell. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he actually went there, man, in the nineties. Went to some of them clubs. He came over there and. Uh, oh, for yeah. real? Are you serious? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when, when were you there? Ninety five, maybe ninety six. Yeah, ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah. Right. Wow. So it was great that time, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely. saw it firsthand. You saw it firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he uh definitely uh loves uh Memphis, man. That's uh you know, we always uh we always come back to Memphis because you know, there's so much talent there. Before we get out of here though, right. I I wanna uh you know, tragically you know, we lost uh, Young Dolph since the last time we talked to you. Um, I remember Squeaky yeah, telling us yeah. about him early on in his career. Um, what was he like? Did you get to uh, work with him at all? Or? We didn't get a chance to work on um, any music, uh, but we did. Uh, we, I met, I got a chance to uh, to meet up with him early on in his career, like around, because I, I got footage of it, actually. Uh, well, I actually did. Some, I interviewed him to see where he was, you know, as an artist, and I got I actually got the video footage of it, like in I think I want to say 2011, and he was just wow. starting to, you know, pick up pick up a little steam, just on the under just just in the city, and uh, he was cooled in, he was focused, um, you know, and he was real. He was real. I, that's 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 what I respected about him. Uh, that no, I'm talking about early, as early as then. He was real and authentic, and but he was also focused, he, like super focused, and on top of his on top of his game and on top of his business. So, uh, and you know, later on, and um, actually a year before all of that, you know, happened, uh, I had the honor of performing with the Barcades, the legendary funk band out of Memphis. The Barcades uh, performed uh, at Dolph's auntie's birthday party, and I was one of the guest artists on that show. 
and you know he actually came on came on stage while I was performing. I did a verse on California, and he came on stage, and you know so that uh, we you know we got to chop it up and kick it backstage, and he was still cool. I, I mean, I, I ran into him several times. To be honest with you, that's just one one of the times, and we we actually kept in touch on the phone. We didn't talk all the time. Um, but whenever I reached out to him, he he always called back or he'll shoot me a text back. We we so we stayed in contact. Uh, we didn't talk all the time, like I said, because I don't want to make it seem like we was on the phone out. But whenever I did reach out, he always showed love back. It was never no uh, situation where he got uh, too big to, you know, what I'm saying show love back. That's how, I, and I think that's how he touched. A lot of people, they he he never got too big to show love back to you know anybody that was considered you know up and coming or whatever the case may be or wasn't even in the music business. Just average everyday people, he always showed love back, and and I think that's why people uh, you know got so much love for him here in the city. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, um, definitely uh, gone way too soon. Um, Al, we're going to get out of here. We're going to play another song. This is called Back When off the Whoop That Trick 2.0 EP, which I want everybody to go out and get. But before I leave, Al, I want to thank you. You've always been uh, real with me. I appreciate that, man. Um, you've always been a good friend over the years. And also, um, you know what I'm saying? It's like I said early on, it's good to see you still here making this type of noise, you know what I'm saying, once again. Keep it going, brother. I want to give you the floor. Yes, sir. It's all yours. Hey, man, hey, man, hey, let everybody know, man. Go to my website, akmemphis.com. That's akmemphis.com. And check out all the, the new stuff I got on there. You can catch the new um, Whoop That Trick video, Whoop That Trick 2.0. Uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned, you know, Squeaky redid, DJ Squeaky redid the drums and beat on that beat, uh, on that, you know, ass mo element and helped me bring that, uh, whoop that trick 2.0 up to date. So shout me and DJ Squeaky go all the way back to his first volume one mixtape and, you know, to be able to still work with him, you know, uh, um, this, this, this many years later and we still got love and, you know what I'm saying? Real love with me and that guy. So, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Check that. I'm saying all this. Say check the video out. Go to akmemphis.com and you can get. Uh, you know, I'm, I got my Whoop That Trick merchandise. You can get that. Go to Whoop That uh, akmemphis.com or go to WhoopThatTrick.com for the merchandise. And uh, keep in touch with your guy, man. Keep up on your guy. I'm still here, and I got so much more to come. I promise you. I got heaters. Yeah. And I'm an old. Big shout out. Big shout out Al Capone because it was the first one. Uh, DJ Juicy J opened your show in '93, so you're a legend. You see this? You hear this thing? This thing be talking that talk, boy. (laughs) Big shout out to everybody, man. The whole scene, man. The whole Memphis music scene, uh, uh, from the OGs to the new guys that's taking it to levels that that Memphis ain't never been on and making the city look great. So shout out to everybody, man, holding the Memphis uh, scene down. Number love, everybody. It's all love. Appreciate you, my guy. Appreciate both of y'all. It's Al Capone, Al Capizia. Oh boy. Oh boy, man. We're out of here, Al. Uh, 
Man, we're going back, man. This is just to show you guys how much I appreciate Brother Al Capone. This is a drop he gave this show back in like 2004. You know what I'm saying? This uh, this is pre-YouTube, pre-podcast, whatever you want to call it. And this is uh, my brother Al Capone, man. And also this is the song Back When. Make sure uh, you check it out. Yo, what's up? It's your boy Al Capone, a.k.a. Al Capizzi. Bending corners in the M-Town. This is 10, baby. And I'm putting it down with my dog, Scott Fazer, on the Murder Masters music show. Oh, boy. Get it. 